Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. And joining me, if this was a few years back, he would be healthy scratch because he would be traded for a first-round pick so that they could have some physicality on the blue line. He's Craig Ludwig, two-time Stanley Cup champ. What's going on? Oh, you know. Um, That's props, man. You, I'm having you for a first. Oh, I thought you said you were trading me away. Oh, that's true. I am healthy scratching you. Yeah, I'm looking for some assets. Sorry. Yeah. Well, speaking of assets um, <laughs> <laughs> or asses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Hey, you, sent me a, you sent me a text message. You went to the game last night. So, so I did. You know, it was a good game. I mean, I think it was a couple teams that are, you know, looking and possibly one for sure, but they're looking at, you know, going a long, long way here. Uh, when playoff time rolls around, um, you know, I, I think we talked last week about not doing, you know, with Dallas, you know, what are you going to do at the deadline? Deadline's only a few days away. And, you know, I watched that game last night and I just wonder what Jim Nill's thought process is. I mean, again, you, you have confidence that you have a good team and you want to, you know, it doesn't happen often when you got a team that you feel good about, um, you know, or feel strongly about that, that can make it to the finals. And so I just wonder, <clears throat> looking at it, do you, do you try to, do you try to send, tweak something a little bit and, and yeah. not from the same, maybe it's just add something. Cause I, I look at, you know, we talk about the Dallas stars having three depth lines and things like that. And, you know, three, three, you know, good lines, but when, at the end of the day, you have one dominant line that for the most part, you know, I looked at the, just the shots and, you know, the, the hints line has 12 shots last night, Tyler, who I thought was really good. Um, that line had five shots and then you get down to your third line. They only have three shots and then you flip it over to the Boston Bruins and they had a couple players, you know, their top players, not that they were invisible, but Brad Marchand and Bergeron, you know, yeah. they, they don't really hit the score sheet, um, you know, or, you know, shot wise, you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't light it up last night. It was their second line, it, you know, Pasternak and Zaka and Hall. So yeah, Zaka you know, was he, special he, last night. Well, he was good. <clears throat> I mean, that goal he scored was, was a shot. He had another opportunity, I think early on in the game uh, on a power play that, that Ottinger couldn't see and he yeah. rang it off post and um speaking of Ottinger he was he was fantastic again last night he he really was I mean that first period that could have easily been three four one um just the sustained pressure it was very similar to I mean we've talked about this on the pod Craig I can't wait if Carolina faces off against Boston that's going to be a crazy series um uh yeah so there were two factors that stood out for me uh one was uh, Ottinger obviously kept them in the game, made some key saves, faced a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure in front of them, uh, caught some good breaks with some uh, bad puck rolls for the Bruins. But, you know, when you're on, you're on. And the other thing that I felt really propelled the Stars to keep them in the game and get the point, I thought it was the factor of the game, 81% win rate on faceoffs. They were dominant in the circle. And they went against Bergeron most of the night. And I'm not Foxa was tremendous last night in the circle, uh, as was uh, Ben was really good. Sagan was taking a lot of faceoffs. 
Um, and I felt as though, you know, that allowed them to get puck possession, which was a premium in this game because, you know, they were struggling to get some puck possession in the first, especially. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's one area that, that Dallas, uh, you know, they, 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 they took it to another level. Um, and that's what I mean. I, I don't think that their top guys were their best guys last night. And again, Agreed. they have a, a few top guys, but um, <clears throat> you know, it, if you're going to, if you're going to, you're going to get into the final four, you have to be running on all cylinders and all parts of your game have to be in order. And I don't think there's anybody in, in Boston that's panicking because Bergeron was off on the face-off circle. Marchand didn't have as many incredible chances that he normally does. Um, their power play is dangerous. Uh, so is Dallas's. Dallas's power play is dangerous. Um, you know, they, they've got a goaltender there that's going to probably win the Vesna this year. I, I can't see him not winning it. Um, you know, so Monty's probably going to win the Coach of the Year award. Um, so they, they have a lot of things going on for them this year and they have a lot of confidence, but along with that all comes some pressure, you know, now they're going to be expected to be in the finals, you know, so they, how is that group going to, going to handle the pressure? Um, so, and they've got guys that have been there, done it. So I would expect them to go well. So, you know, but, but again, I I think it was a good game by Dallas. I, there was a shot of uh, Pete DeBoer, the stars head coach, um, early on in this game. And he just had one of them looks and it, and it was in the first two or three minutes of the game. And they had their initial shot from the, from the TV cameras. And he didn't look happy right from the start of it. And, and Boston was really good in the beginning. There were some turnovers and some quality chances. Um, that's where Jake, you know, Ottinger kept them, kept them alive in this yeah. whole game. And, and then again, Jason Robertson doesn't need a lot of chances and a lot of time to find the back of the net. Yeah. You know, I mean, he just, I, I said this last year about him. He does not have the puck on his stick very long ever, whether he's carrying it through the neutral zone and how many times you watch him come through the neutral zone. He is not a guy that's going to try to beat somebody one-on-one. He's not going to try to try to slide through two guys when he's one-on-two. He just gets to that blue line in the offensive zone and he distributes it, whether it's to Hans or Pavelski, and then he just skates by people. And that's exactly what happened. He gets a beautiful pass and it's on his stick and it's off his stick and the goaltender doesn't have time to, to close his leg. So, um, I think you again, remember it, it. Sorry. Keep going. My nope, bad. I was just going to say that top line was good again. Yeah. On the Bruins tying goal. One of the things that you've taught me is that you guys practice angles as defensemen. If we look at that tying goal, because I rewatched it and it just seems as though Yanni Hockenbach kind of was caught, um, looking toward the center, which, you know, allowed them to go down to the wing. I, I just, it was, it was interesting because there were just a couple of little things that, you know, the Bruins clearly took advantage of. It's kind of like the overtime goal. The stars were caught in their zone, uh, in the offensive zone a little bit, and that caused a, uh, a, a breakout. Uh, the other thing, I, I'm not sure if that's not Marchant, is that interference in overtime? I thought that was incidental. Yes, it was. It was. And it's interference. Exactly what he was doing. And and you know what though that that's part of your reputation. Okay. And you know you're not. This isn't your first time. You know making a lap around the NHL. So, Brad Marchant is a a great player. He's a player that plays on the edge. And anytime you're playing in a three on three, four on four, you know you're just trying to create a little bit of a pick. He knew exactly what he was doing. And um, was it blatant? And did it? You know, was it you know something you're going to get a a major penalty for no but 
I, I credit, and I'm, this isn't saying if it if it was Jamie Ben that would have done the same thing, I'd say the same thing. It it was a it was a sneaky little pick that he wanted to just buy a little bit of space, and and it didn't go. You know, I think that if he did it again, <clears throat> he would try to do the same thing, but he would tweak it a little bit. And you can tweak those kind of things where you just kind of rub a guy. You're not trying to get in front of somebody for two three seconds. You're just trying to get your your teammate an advantage to get an edge on another player. And that's all he was trying to do. And he got caught and you could tell by his reaction. He didn't say anything. He, okay. he looked around and he just skated right towards the bench. He knew he got caught. And, you know, and again, it's not like that's going to change his game. Um, would they do that in a playoff game? You know, maybe um, the whole thing about interference calls and things like that, especially in today's game, they're trying to create offensive opportunities in the league. And they've done a, a heck of a job of doing it. And, and it is a penalty. But, you know, for a long time, those things have been let go. And they started to crack down. But the one way you get away from it is you never stop your feet moving. You get in front of somebody, you skate with them. You actually skate in front of them and keep skating forward instead of trying to slow up because that's when, you know, that obstruction comes in. But if you can make it look good as long as you, you turn the corner and you just happen to get in front of them. But I'm not... I'm not holding him up. He's on my back. And, and I think, you know, and that's what happened is he kind of stopped his feet. Uh, you know, they, they kind of clicked a little bit and, but like I said, he knew it exactly what he was doing. It was a good call, but I, I would, I would call it either way. You know, I wouldn't, uh, if, if I thought it was, you know, something that was ticky tacky, I, I would tell you regardless of what team, but I, I think he, he just got caught. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know? All right. I said, do it all the time. You come into a game. I I'm sure, you know, and, and Marshawn's, kind of he's kind of escaped uh some things you know what i mean and and uh but he's gotten he's gotten caught a lot too and um you know so that's every time a referees are coming into it they know who's on the other team they they know what they've got to keep an eye on because they don't they're going to hear from the opponent coaches and the players so um you know they're not going to let those kind of guys get away with it all the time so um or more more often than usual so tell me when you're on the bench or you're on the ice and you can't you can't score on a five on three when you had about a minute of that five on three, then it becomes five on four and then not being able to score in the overtime. You've been on both sides of that. How much momentum do you get from killing a five on three? Well, I think you actually get more momentum, more momentum killing a, a penalty sometimes than you, than you do, uh, from a power play, a power play is expected to, to build momentum. And, and, you know, we, <clears throat> you don't have to always score, but you can spend, you know, minute 40 and get, you know, four or five quality chances <clears throat> in a game on a power play. And then your next unit or your next line goes out and generally they pick up where you left off. Whereas a power play, you know, you're at a disadvantage. And if a goal is scored and it's a, you know, it's a great goal, it's like, yeah, that was a good goal. And, and a lot of times, you know, you look at, at, a, at a kill like that and they played it textbook. I mean, all they did is they tried to keep it to the perimeter. Yeah. You give Mark the, the ability not to, not to have to face any of those chances right down the slot in, in that high danger area. And they come from the outside. You try to stay out of his, his, uh, his view um, so he can see the shots. And if you're going to be in front of, in his eye line, you got to block the shot. And, and they do a great job at it. I mean, that, that's why they're the best team in the league. They're not just a team that, 
you know, relies on a top line. They have good penalty power, power play. They, they have the killers that do the job five on five. They do it. Um, you know, just look at the guy that scored the old overtime goal. Yeah. I mean, Pasternak is, you know, and he's sitting on, you know, I don't know what they're doing with a contract with him, but um, that's going to be a guy that they don't want to get away. So got to be like um, 10 million, Craig, I would think. I would think that it's got to, it's 10 or 11. It's got to start there. I mean, I I can't, you know, now you got, you got McKinnon making a little bit more than Connor McDavid right now, but, but regardless their, their numbers start with a, with a one and a two. So I I just can't see him. Um, But again, you know, sometimes guys love it where they're at and they take that, whatever they want to call a hometown uh, discount, but, but he knows that, you know, there's a reason he hasn't signed that contract. So it's yeah. not, I'm thinking it's not exactly where he wants it. And the more that he does what he's been doing and scores goals like that, he's a big time player. You know, that that's kind of like a Robertson kind of a moment, you know, where, where I think you look at a guy like Jason Robertson for the stars, he's going to score those kind of big goals at those crucial moments in the games, whether it's uh, in regular season or in the playoffs. And so, um, yeah, he he's uh, but you just take a look at that guy and look and look at what Monty did with that line. I mean, now you you know you got those those three guys playing together. They take Pasternak away from Bergeron, uh, Bergeron and Marchand, and yeah. you know now all of a sudden that's what I mean. That's why when you when you sit there after last night's game as management and you say, well, you know they've been the best team in the league all year long, and when you get you get a, a firsthand look at it and, and you see how dominant that their second line was. You know, Dallas's second line, second and third line have been good this year. I mean, yes, they have. I just don't know. You have to, that's a measuring stick game. I mean, do you come out of that game disappointed? No. You, you played with the big dog in the league this year. Um, you took them to overtime. Your goaltender had to be, you know, superhuman at times last night. Um, so you just look at depth. And I, I just wonder, yeah. are, are they thinking – does that now shift? Because there's been talk, and you know, we know we've everybody's heard it. Does that mean that if you took Patrick Kane and you were able to put him with Tyler Sagan, you know, in, in March when all of a sudden, right? You know, does that does that help that second line? Um, but again, all that kind of stuff comes down to money before it comes. Everybody would love to have Patrick Kane. If Dallas is up against the cap. Um, plus they don't have that first round draft pick this year. <laughs> Yeah, but there's probably other things that they might be able to. I mean, if they yeah. wanted to do it, but their bottom line is there. From from what I've heard, Chicago is willing to keep somewhere around twenty percent of of uh, Kane's salary. That ain't gonna do it. That that's not gonna. That's nothing that Dallas could could probably fit into their into their cap. So you know they they would have to you know offer something and find a way to get that dollar amount way down. So. Um, but anyway, it'd be, for me, it'd be hard. And it is because I said that I, I really like what Dallas has got um, and the way that they're playing. And you want to give your, your guys an opportunity. If you could, I just, I just look at the depth of your, your second and third lines. And, you know, is there a hole on each? Not a, it's not even a hole. That's not what I mean to say. I mean, is there a way that we can upgrade it and, and give us a little bit more offensive power um, throughout our top three lines? Yeah. Uh I like the idea of a guy like James Van James Van Riemsdyk too. I know he's, you know, a veteran player expiring contract, but what I like about that is he's he's a big guy. Um you know, I thought the Bruins did a good job as far as what you mentioned, Craig. 
specifically on the power play, they really limited the stars to perimeter shooting. And one of the things that I noticed, and it's a little things, it's not going to show up on the stat sheet, but minus Pavelski, pretty much it was tough to get in front of Olmark. He had a lot of clean looks at the puck. I mean, he let those two in. I think probably, you know, he would say that he probably shouldn't have let those two in. But after that second goal, he was really good last night. But, um, you know, it's one of those things at the deadline. What I'm worried about is giving up too much, mortgaging the future for this year. Um, you know, the East is the beast. and But, I mean, I guess if you're playing the East, that's not a bad thing because then you're in the Stanley Cup final. So I would like to see some pieces, but I don't want to give up a Logan Stankoven. Harley's playing pretty good in Texas, so I'd like to keep him, but I understand he would be an asset. Um, you know, I don't want to give up on Maverick Bork. Um, he's a youngster. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Uh, I could see Ty Delandria being a piece, but I love Ty Delandria. So, yeah, you know, he, I, I, I kind of go back and yeah. forth. Yeah. I, I just think he's, there's an element there that he fits in good on a line. Agreed. Um, he's the kind of guy that to me, you know, he gets another couple of years under his belt and, you know, I've used Brendan Morrow as an, you know, comparable, and that's not fair to, to either one of them, but um, I just think he plays with an edge. He skates well. He's not afraid to go to the front of the net. You know, you, I, I think he's that kind of ingredient that, you know, what you, what you try to do with lines is you find, you know, you've got your two, two of the three guys, and then you find another guy that can just complement those two guys. And that's to me, what Delandria can be is he can complement whether it's a, a third line checking line, or even if it's a top line, because you always need guys who are going to go to the front of the net and you need guys who are going to dig pucks out of the corner. You need guys who are going to finish checks. Some of the dirty things that top, top five, six guys don't like to do, you know, it's not that they don't like to do it and not that they won't do it, but you don't want to have to have them do that. You want them to be able to create and, and, you know, use their creativity and, and shoot the puck and score goals. And you need guys that are willing to go to the front of the net and dig pucks out of the corner and, take hits to make a play and, you know, and stand up for your teammate or your line mates. And so I like Delandria, um, you know, and again, I'll, speaking of young guys, I thought Lundqvist was good last night. I, yeah, you know, I did too. What I liked about him was there was no fear in playing against the top team in the league. There right. was no fear against who he was on the ice against. You know, he was, he was assertive. He stepped up in the offensive zone. He, you know, he did some things on the blue line, you know, where he, for, for a young guy, you know, sometimes you're like, man, I, I really don't want to be on the ice and have a goal score. And so you kind of play tentative. And so anyway, you know, I'm, I'm not saying he was the best player on the ice, but but I liked what he saw. I mean, what I saw last night against that opponent. Yeah, so, I, I agree. And, and, and you know, Sean, Sean and I talked about this with when he was getting scratched. I just want him out there and I want him playing in these games. And I understand mistakes are going to, to happen. But I want those. If those mistakes happen, you know, he learns from them. Um, yeah, you got to be careful. They've got. I hope they've learned something from the Julius Honka yes. project because that, from in my opinion, that was the wrong way. Uh, I just, I just felt that you know he was in, then he was out for four games, and they sent him down, and they brought him up, and you know, I, I'm not saying he was going to be a Miro Heiskanen, but I just don't, I don't know if that was the right way to handle a young player like that, and I think his his confidence was was shattered. And, and it's always going to be part of young players, you know, and there'll be conversation. Listen, you're having a, 
you're playing well right now. We just think we could, and sometimes I'm not even sure about all this, but you know what, take a game off and just get up in the stands and you're going to, you're going to see different scenarios live, not necessarily on tape all the time. You're not going to talk to the coaches about it. They're not going to walk in the room, just sit back and go, Oh, that's what I should have done there now. But that doesn't mean sit out for four games, play one game and then sit out for another three games and then get sent down and then, you know, and then come back and then don't play when you come back, you know? So, um, I think that was a game where with, with them putting him in the lineup and, and playing against the Boston Bruins last night, I think they're at, they're at a time during the season is let's see what, let's see what this player can do against, you know, the best team in the league. Yeah. And so we're at 55 games um, interested, you know, it's so interesting when you look at the homestand 10 out of a possible 16 points, you're like, ah, but then at the same time, you know, if I said, hey, they were 4-2-2 two, and two on that homestand, you'd be like, well, that's not bad, actually. But, you know, I think those overtime losses, and we've talked about this, how you don't really look into them because it's not going to be the case in the playoffs. What I do look into is two points up on Winnipeg. I do not want to face team number three that's on the move right now in Colorado. So, you know, that to me is why these overtime points are important because personally, I'd much rather face a, you know, a Minnesota or a Calgary or Edmonton in the first round than the Colorado Avalanche. Oh, we, I brought this up over a month ago. You did. That team was starting to get there. You know, they were getting a couple guys back and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, I agree. I mean, I, I mean, how can you not, I mean, you look at any kind of teams and, and what, what Tampa was the last to be able to win two, two of them back to back. It takes a toll on you, man. I mean, you, what you go through in the playoffs and, you know, to get those 16 wins and the players that you lose along the way. And then on top of that, you have a, a month and a half or two months celebration for me, it's, going on like 40 years celebration but but i'm just saying you're you're not ready to go at the start of the year and and you shouldn't be i mean you won one of the biggest trophies in in sports and you should be able to celebrate it and um so but then now with colorado they've got some injuries they've got some guys that they said listen let's do the surgery now yeah we're going to lose them for three months or whatever it may be i mean the the last piece here is they're going to get their captain back relatively soon and if you can get Landis Scott back and he gets 10, 15 games or whatever it's going to be under his belt. Now, all of a sudden, some of your top players that were the reason that you won um, that, that trophy last year and McKinnon and, and McCarr and Landis Scott, those guys all had time off this year. <clears throat> and then when they come back, it's going to take them time to get up, you know, at a hundred percent. And that seems to be happening with that team. Um, so yeah, they could be a scary team. And yeah. uh, you know, they're starting to get their mojo going, um, you know, when they have their top players that all haven't played 82 games this year. And, you know, nobody wants to be out with injury and things like that. But, um, you know, and, that's, and that doesn't mean that Landis guy is going to step right back in. It's going to take him time to get up to speed, but he's been around the league for a while. He's a, he's a competitor. They get their leader back. Um, so yeah, they, they can be a dangerous team. And, and you know what? And the other thing is, Winnipeg just keeps finding a way, though. They sure you know, do. And they didn't have, I believe that Hellebuck was sick last night. I didn't get to see their game, but I don't think they played Hellebuck as their goaltender last night. So, you know, they're finding ways to scratch points out. And, you know, they're, what, a game behind, I think, and a couple points behind. So Yeah, you know, two points behind. Yeah. So um, it's kind of like 
you know, on the other side, it's kind of like Tampa, you know, everybody's like Tampa, you know, they got to be taking a step back and, you know, they, they just keep, you know, it's funny. Cooper Coop was when John Cooper, the head coach was in, you know, in town, they had like three, three, four days off before they were heading to Colorado. And so we were kind of going back and forth and he wanted to know where the Super Bowl parties were and things like that. And I, I was getting a few more text messages than normal from him. And so I knew that I, and just, just from that, I can tell that he he's feeling comfortable about his team and Tampa's another team that's, that's getting, and talk about one of the, I mean, I don't know why he's one of the quietest guys, but, but I think Kucherov now yeah. is number three in, in the league in scoring yeah. and, you know, just kind of sneaking up and it's kind of exactly what they want. We just want to fly under the radar. And probably the biggest thing about that Tampa team is it's getting close to playoff time. So yeah. their most, most important player is, is their best player. And we saw that when they were playing in, in Dallas here, their goaltender is, is, oh. Saying, oh yeah, we're getting ready for playoffs. Playoffs are right around the corner. Maybe I'll get my, I'll get my yeah. game back. To- Especially after he got lit up earlier in the week. And then you're like, all right. And he's like, nah, not happening. And then you have some guy named Hedman and Stamkos and Kucherov. And I mean, I even throw Patrick Maroon in there. I mean, you know, these guys just know, you know, they just have that light switch, Craig, where it just can be turned on. And I, that's, that's one of the questions that I'm fascinated with with this Stars team is can they, you know, flick that switch and take it to another level? And does that mean that Jim Nill has to get some pieces, um, you know, to, to, to help that cause? So uh, it'll be interesting to see. So now uh, on the road, Minnesota and Columbus, I'm sure we'll see uh, – uh, a swap of uh, goalies in one of these uh, games. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, but, I mean, God, I'm so happy for uh, Jake Ottinger. I mean, I know he plays big in big games, and I know he takes great pride in it. And, you know, a, a kid that grew up in Minnesota, so when he plays the Wild, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be a net on Friday. At least I'm guessing, you know, in front of friends and family, grew up about 45 minutes away. And, uh, you know, Boston's important to him, too. A lot of people don't think of this, but... You know, a Minnesota kid chose to go to Boston University, played in the bean pot, you know, so I think playing the Bruins is something that's special for him as well. So happy that he uh, stood on his head last night. Uh, you know, that was uh, that was pretty cool. So it'll be really important to get a nice two points uh, from the Wild and hopefully the Jackets uh, this coming weekend. So you want to hear about my uh, fun time last night at the arena? What, did you get trampled on or something like that? Did, did, did some big guy or did some average size guy step on you? Well, I knew I was in trouble when um, you walked in the door. When I walked in the door, and two people were sitting down next to where my seats are, and she was taking a selfie of them and I offered, I was like, let me take a picture of you two. And he got mad at me. And he's like, you see what you did now? We're going to take like five, six pictures. <laughs> and he got mad. And he was wearing a Bruins Jersey. Um, so throughout the game, there were, you know, a lot of swears, a lot of, you know, I mean, name it S word, P word, just, it was, it was un. I felt uncomfortable and when they scored the last goal, he decided that basically my area was his area to celebrate. <laughs> it wasn't. Was this the same guy that about a week or two ago that there was some video going viral? The kid that got some, popped. Some kid with a Stars jersey on got yeah. got shut up really quick. No, I mean it's the same area. Yes, because I've seen that kid <laughs> was several it the times. Same guy though. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is uh 
Yeah, I he early on I said, "Are you from the area?" And he told me where he was from in Massachusetts, and um, it was a pretty telltale sign from that point. Let me just say, as a person who grew up in that area, um, you know that's a, that's an area that fightens a plenty. So, well, uh, I, I have a suggestion for you. Yeah, bring you to the game. No, no, oh. I was going to say in, in, instead of spending your money on the the mail order dates and TikToks <laughs> and whatever they call the things where you're swiping left and right and yeah, all that yeah, other kind yeah, of stuff, yeah, why yeah. don't you just save your money? Save your money and and hire a bodyguard. So, I <laughs> I don't want to go. <laughs> the guy I took to the game last night was six eight. But he sure was, it was a guy. Was it a guy or was it? <laughs> no, it was a guy. It was a guy. It was a guy. So he was celebrating with this guy because they're both massive Bruins fans. And the guy I took us obviously we're friends. We had a blast and everything. I was so happy to see. Are you like, telling me the guys that you actually take and let them use one of your seats? Yes. Turn on you. He didn't turn on me because he he like picked me up when I was almost on the ground. He's like, are you okay? So I don't think he turned on me, but he was celebrating with this guy and they were celebrating with me in the middle. Well, that sounds like a story for a different show. <laughs> That's a, the websites handle that stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so. I will say this. I am a hypocrite because a lot of times I, I love going on the road with Cowboys, you know, and, and you see that 40 to 50% of the stadium is filled with Cowboys fans and it's loud and stuff like that. So, um, you know, anytime an original six is in town, it's going to be raucous. Um, but boy, last night was just, I don't know how I kind of felt uncomfortable. I'll be honest. Should I not feel that way? Should I just roll with it? Uh, if I were you, I'd probably feel uncomfortable everywhere I go. So I, I just think you're the kind you're of guy. Such that, a dick. You, you need to go. You need to go to a sporting events. You need to sit down, put your hands on your knees, and don't move, and just stay there for two and a half I hours. I did. I did, wasn't even cheering. You didn't. You no. should, yeah, but what, where your first mistake was is you engaged with them and asked if you wanted to take pictures. Yeah, from them. I know. Heaven forbid on Valentine's Day that I'm trying to make them happy. Well, they, he probably thought you were trying to get a date. Maybe I was. I don't know. Which, which you already had one. You had a six foot eight date with you. <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh, so that, that's how it sounds like that's how most of your dates go anyway. So I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> that I get thrown on the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this no. time you get thrown on the ground before anything even happened. God, that's true. That's true. And they're not mail order, Craig. They're not mail order. So I don't know what I, I'm not in that, that circle. So I'm not really okay. sure. Yeah. I mean, and you can set me up at any time. Like you clearly go to parties and there are people there and you could say, Hey, I got a buddy single kind of cool. <laughs> Just stick with single. There you go. So next Tuesday, and you'll hear about this on spits and suds. Next Tuesday, we have a charity dinner for the Sandlot Charity where Craig and I will be uh, hosting um, uh, a great supporter, Biggie and his crew. So it should be uh, fun. So once a year, Craig is forced to hang out with me, and that'll be next Tuesday night. I'm never, I never, I, it always surprises me why you come back for more. Uh, me too. Me too. I thought you, about you, that you this like morning. The, you are the, you're the pinata of the party. I, I know, you know, I thought of the kids. <laughs> you know I, mean? I think of the charity. I think of the kids. Jared's an awesome guy, but at the same time, I'm like, why do I do this? 
Well, you know? so it's funny. I mean, it it gets it starts right from the minute you walk up to the table because the guy that the guy or the or the woman that's seating us, she goes, "Oh, hang on, sir," and so she runs to the back room. She comes out with them little booster chairs and puts it on the <laughs> stool for you. So, I mean, it's it's animal right from yeah. the beginning. Oh my God! All right. First of all, limited chirping this year. Second of all, no, no booster chair. Third, I'm getting there early and I'm I'm assigning seats. <laughs> <laughs> and I am not going to be right have, next to you. When you walk in, I know the owner. So when you walk in, you may have a, a table all by yourself. You won't have to assign seats. <laughs> You'll have six empty seats by you. Well, we'll the, just wave at you as our dinner is going along. The goal is to drive away, not beaten down like I was last year. That's the goal. No, I don't know. I think you like I like I think you like any kind of an attention that you get. No, no, man. I'm gonna talk hardcore NHL. I am gonna keep it straight on the narrow. I'm gonna talk hardcore NHL with these people and see where we can go. <laughs> We're I like a, they, I don't know. Are these guys really no. NHL fans? No. No, they're fans well, of that's the that's actually a good time for you to talk because they won't know if you're if you know anything or not. So that'd probably be the first time. <laughs> they're fans of the act that we put on. Well, it's not yeah. an act for you, it's an act for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right would you sit in that start talking tennis i didn't bring up tennis no, no i said you can talk tennis at the table <laughs> that'll get you to leave so maybe i'll have right. to yeah 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 well this was fun and uh whew, i just remember growing up i don't remember boston fans like this i really don't that's the honest to goodness truth i mean kudos to you guys you fill a barn but wow Man, I can't believe you don't know that by now. I mean, every time we played in Montreal, they they come into they come into Montreal and three to four busloads of them the day before the game. Carbo, I shouldn't mention names, but myself and a few uh, teammates, we'd be sitting at Chaperie, and we always went in there for lunch before, and they'd come rolling in. And they are Bruins fans are loyal, 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 yep. super Boston Bruins fans. But to anybody else you would say there's a bunch of belligerent guys, yeah. but, but they're just, they're, they're great fans. And I tell you what, once you get to know them, they're, they're some of the best, they best people to have on your, you want them on your side. Let me just put it that <laughs> way. You, now you know that. Yeah, no, I do. I do. I do a quick, quick follow up on that before we go as a player, do you ever do fans when you were playing, did they get on your nerves? Did you care? Or is it just, you're so focused on the game that it doesn't even matter. Are you talking about during the game? Or like when you went into it, when you went into a city, like when you went into Quebec, or was it just like, oh man, I don't, I, I you know, I want to go out to eat, but I don't want to deal with people. Or when you went to no, Boston, never, never had a problem. I, I, you know, I, for the most part, I've even in Boston, I mean, people recognize you and they come up to you and they, you know, you, you just go along with it. I mean, if you want to sit there and, you know, you, you got to know the, the territory you're in, you know? So, um, but you know, you just, you make sure you travel in numbers. <laughs> you want to make sure you have numbers with you, you know? So, um, but I, I've never in Quebec, you know, it was a big rivalry for us all the time. And, and we love going out in Quebec city and, um, you know, they have great restaurants and a couple of great bars we used to go to. And, um, no, we we never. I mean, I in my whole career, I, I've seen one one instance, and it, and it was actually it happened in in uh, Montreal, and it's when the Oilers came into town, and and that was it. And it was at 
one of the bars downtown and but he was one of our guys that took the first shot so um but otherwise I've never yeah but but I'm not a guy that goes where and that was with another team one of the players from Edmonton so it wasn't a fan but yeah I've never I've never been involved with anything with any fans regardless so um but again I'm I'm probably not going up to them and asking if they'd like me to take a picture. Of all right. All right. You, you're like, you somehow you're making this my fault. And my point was well, like, if you I just sat there. If you just sat there and minded your own business, that probably wouldn't have happened. Oh my so, God. Uh, all right. So I'll have to do that in the future. Just cross my legs and enjoy some hockey, I guess. Yeah. Hey, I'll, leave that, I'll leave that one. Alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my thing is, is like, I don't want to sit in the press box because I have sat in press boxes and I just don't get the vibe. I don't get the, I don't feel the game as well as if I'm down in the stands. Yeah. I me me. I, 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 I like being someplace watching it. I like the TV. I, I like, I, at home it's nice because whenever you see something, you know, you're, you have the ability to rewind right away. And go wait. Yeah. Now I watch the game differently than you probably do. And um, I, I have a hard time. I mean, the only time I really go to Stars games now is when um, when we have an alumni suite, um, which I enjoy because then there's people up there and you can talk. The only problem is there you you miss a lot. I right. do because you end up talking to people and things like that. And we have a as long as you're one of the suites and you can put it on the correct channel, there's a like a seven second delay in airtime. So you probably don't see the goal happen live, but you're able to just turn around, walk over the TV and it's about five seconds and the goal hasn't even been scored yet. So you can at least, you know, you get to see the goal scored, you get to see the replay. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm, if I, if I'm really want to, you know, see what's happening, I, the better thing for me to do is to, you know, watch it on TV someplace. Yeah. That's that's what I try to do. Yeah, I agree. Well, since you said that I watched the game differently, we're just going to have to get together and watch a game together. Jesus. I keep, I keep, digging trenches for myself you teed that up my friend you teed yeah. that one up <laughs> yeah. all, right. all right everybody i'll be paying i'll be paying the bill again so listen we had a great month um of downloads and everything partially because craig's you know on this program sean's on this program i don't have much to do with it but uh you know let's continue this role and uh i'm thinking if it was just sean and i we'd have good numbers i listen i listened to that show it was a good show you guys should do it again uh, I appreciated that show. Minimal shots against me. So, uh, I, you know, this you, podcast stuff, let me tell you, this podcast stuff gets, gets a little, you know, gets a little time consuming. Yeah. You know, I got to go do one and then, you know, and again, it's, it's not, you know, so yeah, I didn't know it was as time consuming as it can be, but yours are annoying. But you know, when Sean and I were doing it, it was fun. <laughs> On that note, I say download. So you can hear more of this. Uh, download favorite, uh, you know, wherever your favorite podcasts are, are found. Uh, Sean will be back on uh, Friday with me and, uh, we will, uh, preview, uh, the upcoming games and, uh, talk a little more NHL trade. It's spits and suds right here on one Oh five, three, the fan. Have a great day, everyone.